Just stick our shit on the calendar. <laughs> March. Oh, we're late. Yeah. Sorry, man. Can't have a date night tonight. I got to shave. Shave, dear. Everyone evacuate. Welcome to another episode of the Waffle Link Tailors Podcast. I've said it that quickly and not stopped so Squidge can't burp into the microphone. Oh yeah. Thanks, Squidge. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am Jay. He mentioned it. In my defense, he mentioned it. What I should have done is not mentioned it. I apologize, listener. Um, I am Jay, and with me as always is Squidgy. How- Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. How are you, Squidgy? Hello, Squidgy. Absolutely. Um, but we're actually joined by a special guest, uh, CJ, host of the Casually Meta Podcast. How are you, CJ? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. How about you? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. Or should I say, hello, Squidgy? Yeah. <laughs> Keep the joke going. Yeah. Hmm. Joke. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great to have you, CJ. It's great. It's, um, so, um uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the casually meta podcast real quick before we get into the into the episode right that gives the people a chance to get an idea of what your show's about right yeah sure um so the premise is that i've been sucked into a virtual world and i'm aboard a pirate's ship called the casually meta and the sea captain uh captain seven c savvy uh, basically uses an interdimensional transporter to pop me into different video game worlds and has me take people hostage and bring them aboard to interview them for arbitrary information that holds no actual relevance um, to the ship itself, but it's just about video games. Um, so we have a good time with that. And uh, people don't really know too much, but one of the most ruthless pirates to ever sail seas was actually a woman. So that character is uh, an homage to that, to that pirate captain. She was ridiculous. She had like nine different vessels and mentioned her name and people would shiver. It was insane. Uh, so we kind of uh, dip into a little bit of history and uh, I mean, that's it. We just talk about video games and goof off and pretend to be pirates. Okay. Just a quick question. This might show a little bit of history, depending on my knowledge and what have you. This female pirate captain, was she Chinese by chance? Because I think I know who you're on about if it is. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure she was English. Ah, right, okay. I got the wrong part of history there. My bad. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I can't that's remember good. I can't remember her name offhand, like ever, and that sounds really bad. Um, because I should know my pirate history, like the back of my hand, but I don't. I just read stories about pirates and I'm like, whoa, this is great. And use it for I, inspiration. <laughs> yeah, I, I I will say that um, the entire premise for your podcast sounds like an average Saturday night for me. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> and if anyone believes that, stand on the head. I mean, so so here's what I'll say. Right, the, the, it, I feel like initially it doesn't. I mean, the historians will probably tell me I'm wrong, but I guess the fact that you are basing a show off of a a famous female uh pirate the the most feared uh pirate in the world who just happened to be female um 
probably uh, helps anyway with spreading the knowledge, right? Um, and I'm going to guess, was it was it Anne, Anne Bo, Anne Boy, something like that, Anne Bolt? Yes, yes. There you go. I was scratching at the back of my memory there to see if I could pull it back out. But yeah, Anne um, typing and finding out in Google. I heard you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the fact that you're you're drawing attention to that probably does uh, does a, a better service, um, even if you may temporarily forget the person's name. Right? It's not. I feel like that's a good thing anyway. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was really more about like I, I had read about her online, and I was like, "This is amazing!" And like, you know, when you're in school or even growing up, and like social media and, and just from like your peers, it's always like Blackbeard who everybody thinks was this massive killer. He never actually killed anybody. Bluebeard, um, and Redbeard, and all these other pirates. And you know, you, when you see like on television, it's always like like a dude captain. He's like this scary pirate with a peg leg and an eye patch and a dumb parrot. Um, but like, you never really hear about Anne or anybody like that. So I just thought like, you know, this is different and, and she is horrifying. Like she is a scary, scary person. And I was like, this is great. I'm using that, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds bad, but it wasn't like my intention to be like, oh yeah, Hey, there's female pirate captains. But like, at the same time, it was more like, I think this is really cool. And I want to do that. Mm. Yeah. Plus, who doesn't want? Who doesn't like talking like a pirate? Yeah. So. <laughs> etc. Et pirate day, right? I love that. Yeah. Et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> you be talking like a pirate. <laughs> yep, that's the one. <laughs> I I think that there's a a wider comment to be made by much smarter people than me, and I'm not going to open the floor to this discussion because it could end up badly. But there's a wider comment to be made there about um, the sort of um, I fear for the phrase whitewashing, but the the sort of hey, you know, you can only be a a, a pirate captain in the history books if you're male, you know. Um, there is actually a line in a book that I've just finished today. It's a Terry Pratchett one called Dodger. Um, and it's a, it's a, like a fictional retelling of the fictional retelling of the artful Dodger character from, um, the, uh, the Oliver, Oliver Twist, right? Um, and during the, during the course of the book, he's, uh, there's an assassin out to get him. Um, and the assassin is described as nobody really knows what the assassin looks like. Um, the assassin is called the Outlander, and the assassin constantly has women with him, and they're different women every day. So we don't know what they, some people say that he's eight feet tall, some people say he's two feet tall, and then later in the book, spoilers. You find out that the assassin is a woman, and quite literally, one of the characters says, "But women can't be assassins." You know, it's sort of revealing that that uh, uh, Victorian era sexism, right? I'm not trying to draw attention to that, other than to say, "Hey, you know, this these things exist." But let's move on, right? Because I'm worried that we'll get some some people saying, "Oh, you shouldn't be saying this and that." All I'm saying is, hey, there's some historical. Um, wibbly wobbliness with how stories told let's just move past that <laughs> it, it really well i mean before we do like it really it is true because like if you look at the story of blackbeard the pirate he's like known as this like crazy ruthless and and blah 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 blah, blah and all this mess and he actually never really killed anybody he relied on fear like he used his appearance for fear and he would like light the ends of his beards on fire 
to make it smoke and like he was the demon of the seas and all this uh and would cut your head off in front of the army if you upset her like she was about that life she's like i'm sorry what did you just say to me all right you're dead now and blackbeard's like woo i'm the boogeyman and everyone's like go sit down blackbeard this lady over here is nuts like <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is blackbeard was a pro wrestler and um the the this this other lady she was like the real deal right that's a really good analogy yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes i use good analogies <laughs> i've just got this image of blackbeard body slamming someone now in a speedo in a t- what you gonna no. do bro no <laughs> Arr. <laughs> the pirate's accent, <laughs> brother. <laughs> I mean, that's how he spoke anyway, wasn't it? <laughs> it's Blackbeard, watch out. Here he is, brother. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, matey, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, anyway, man. um... So yeah, no, uh, definitely. We'll have a link to to the Casually Meta uh, podcast in the show notes. So definitely check that out. I'm a big fan. You know, I, I I've enjoyed listening to it since you first announced it. Um, so for for uh, for a little bit of context, uh, CJ and I are both in a similar Discord group, and uh, he announced, "Hey, we're doing this podcast. You should check it out." I was like, "Yep, absolutely. Let's check this check this stuff out." So when he checked it out, and I've been a fan ever since. So oh, definitely, thanks. I appreciate that. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, so we'll have a link for that. Uh, but first, I guess what we need to talk about is what have, if you have, what have you been playing recently? And let's go around the table and discuss it. So the reason that I invented this uh, segment, not only so that we could talk about more video games, but also because uh, we said off air, right? I'm a bit of a busy person in real life, don't get a chance to sit down and play a lot of video games. So I like to hear what other people are playing and whether they'd recommend it. And then that can help me to go, right, I have 35 seconds to play a video game. Which one should I play? You know? <laughs> Probably updates if you got 35 seconds. Oh my goodness. This is why I don't have one of the uh, more modern consoles. Anything after PS3, I don't own because you switch it on and it goes, okay, before you can play the game, you have to download 15 bajillion terabytes of, of updates and it's going to take five days to update. So good luck, sucker. And I'm like, I just, I've got half an hour. I, I want to <laughs> play the game, you know? You just put it in rest mode so it updates while you're not around. Sure, I mean, totally. <laughs> don't don't the, use the, logic. The, the, well, don't, the don't be is, using logic. <laughs> I guess the problem is we're having a bit of an energy crisis over here, so can't really get away with doing that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, normally I would, right? But you're, you're absolutely right. That's what rest mode is for, right? Or sleep mode or whatever, whatever they call it's it. It's not just that. It's just being nosy. <laughs> That's the whole reason why he's doing it. He just wants to be nosy. <laughs> Oh my goodness. He's laughing, yeah. but it's true. Well, <laughs> fair enough. So, uh, hmm. guys, what have you been playing? Who wants to go? Guest first always is. Oh, yeah, yeah. We always go with the guest first. So, CJ, which, which oh. games have you been playing and would you recommend them? Well, I, uh, I've been trying to get back into Ark Survival Evolve for a little while. Um, but I'm really having a hard time motivating myself to do that because I can't do the Ark is life anymore. Mm. Um, between all the raising and it, it takes two real weeks to raise one giga in that game. 
I don't have time like that. So it'll take me three months to raise one. And by then the stats on hatch are like huge. So I've been trying to get back into that, but having like a really hard time. I've mostly been playing um, the new zombies mode on cold war. Um, and I've been shying away from that a little bit because of the whole situation with blizzard Activision. So like, I'm trying to not support them, but I have a hard time with that too, because I really like those games. Um, Warzone for a while, too many hackers. So really like in the last couple of days, it's just been like, uh, just apex probably for the last two weeks. Um, and a little rust here and there. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and Ark Survival Evolved is the one where you got to raise the dinosaurs, right? Is that right? Because I'm not playing <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. You can do. Oh, you you can? don't have to, but you can do, yeah. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, so it, with Ark, Ark is a really, it has an entire political structure between what's called the mega tribes. Um, and basically, you either join a mega tribe or just wait to get wiped. Um, but yeah, no, like with, with Ark is just, it's a time suck. It's an absolute time suck. And I think what really did it in for me was like two years ago, I was um, trying to move a whole bunch of my stuff around and the game glitched. I had to put a bag on the ground so I could walk and the game glitched. And we have a term for that. It's called getting arced. And like, you'll hear hmm. people in other games go, oh, you got arced, right? So the game glitches when I put my bag down and I can't find it. We're digging around, digging around, digging around. And we destroy a ceiling tile. It had put my bag on the roof. And right when we found it, it despawned. And I lost like 300 dinosaurs, including like 50 gigas. And I just, I just looked over at my wife and I was like, that was six months worth of my life that just disappeared. I was like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like you join a mega or you, or you die. Like there, there's mm-hmm. no, there's no going at it alone unless you're playing on like a private server or something like, cause if you don't, the megas will come to your server. They will wipe the entire server. They don't care if you're building in a thatch house or if you have tech walls, they don't care. They just wipe mm-hmm. everything. And if you don't have 40, 50, 60 people that you can call on to come to your aid. Yeah, so if you're going to spend that much time on something, you don't want to get wiped in ten minutes, right? Mm. So, yeah, it's it's a that's a tough game. That's a that's a I don't have a job. That's I don't have family, or I don't have family I can convince to play this. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) just it's it's a it's a rough game to try to get into because it's super Mm. addictive on top of it. Yeah. Okay. Not one for me then, I'm afraid. But that's fair. A friend of mine, he uh, he plays it, but he plays it like privately, so it's just on his system. He doesn't play online, and um, I occasionally get told, "Oh, I've got a new dinosaur, right? I've got a pack of Velociraptors, and I've called them Skittles, M and M's, Kit Kat, <laughs> and then he's got like a couple of Triceratops, and he names them after breakfast cereal." <laughs> what the, then? Instead of telling me what dinosaur it is, he just he just refers to it. So Skittles and Kit Kat were accompanying me. And I was trying to trank another one to raise it and to be called um, somewhere else. And I'm, I'm just, I'm stood there going, what? What? Is the, oh, the dance. Oh, yeah. Just, what? He does it to confuse me. I swear he does. But it's just, yeah, Skittles, Frosties, Bran Flakes. I don't know why he calls them that. It's just funny, though. He seems to like it. <laughs> but that, that's the fun part is playing around. Like, the Raptors and stuff are absolutely useless. Like, you'll never... Like if a war breaks out and you're fighting against another tribe of people, you'll never use something like that. But those are the fun ones to play with. 
Mm-hmm. Plus, they're super duper fast. Like, if you hatch one, you know, a raptor will be raised up in just a couple hours. Like, see, like, they're, you, if you don't have tons of time, those are, the, and they're fun. And, like, you can, like, run around, make them go super fast and, like, get them to do different colors and stuff. But, like, the rest of it, it's like, how long do I have to raise this? The egg literally has to sit for four days. Like, not like, oh, I signed on, I played for three hours and signed off. Four days of that. No, no. Four whole days it has to sit before it hatches. Like, it's it's kind of insane. <laughs> so, like, mm. on the one hand, I, I get, I get the, the, the time required to just sort of sit around and do nothing. Because, you know, otherwise people would be hatching the super powerful ones constantly, right? But then on the other hand, I'm also like, this it feels a little like EVE Online, right? Where the first thing you do, you start paying, you sign into the game, and it's like, right, okay, we've put your character into training, come back in two weeks, and you can play the game. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I never played that game, but that sounds miserable too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, once you've, I've heard that once you get through all of the training and you get yourself a ship, it's fun to play because you can cruise around the, uh, around the universe. But there is like a a six months, six month period of actually signing off of the game whilst the game times out so that you can, you know, you could do uh, in real, your character could do in real, in real time trade, uh, trade, sorry, training. Right, so you're Ooh. actually you're just sitting waiting to play the game, all the while paying per month, right? Because it's an and uh, a a a to pay MMO, right? So it's like what? <laughs> give me a jetpack and a laser, absolutely. Right? <laughs> I don't need training. Just give me a jetpack and a laser and point jet me pack. in a direction. So jetpack a laser is for six you. pack of beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need, <laughs> and an upside down map. Um, absolutely absolutely (laughs) good lord so uh what have you been playing squidge um i've been continuing my descent into the huge rabbit hole that is kingdom hearts 2 um friend of mine reminded me it existed um (laughs) i've got it on my ps4 i booted it up and that's where the problem started um (laughs) and i've i've I would argue that letting your friend know that you had it was where the problem started. Well, yeah, con- considering that she's an absolutely massive Kingdom Hearts nut, I shouldn't have said out, but she just yeah. she chewed my ear off, and then I remembered the fun parts, but then I remembered it takes a good five hours to get to the fun parts. <laughs> so, so I've been continuing down that rabbit hole. I won't be getting out anytime soon. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's literally just been Kingdom Hearts 2, because I'm up to a point now where I think, I just want to complete this now. He's doing my head in. I can tell that I completed it, and she can leave me the hell alone after that. Um, <laughs> probably won't, though. What about this? What about that? Sod off. I've done one this year. Yeah. You get one per year. And next year, it's going to be July, August time. So I'll complete it, then just sod off. I wonder whether it, we could whether we could synchronize your playing of a Kingdom Hearts game with CJ's um, quarterly shaving times. <laughs> <laughs> What well, like a like a Google Calendar alarm? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like <laughs> a synchronized oh, it's, one. It's March. It's time for CJ to have a shave. I'd better start playing Kingdom Hearts Four or Kingdom Hearts Twelve or Kingdom Hearts Twenty Seven. But you really want me? You really want me to dread March now, don't you? <laughs> That's what you're selling me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> more than I already do. You just want me to dread it even more. <laughs> Sorry, Squidge, I cut you off there. Nah, that's, that's been it. I've just been trying to get that done with so I can climb out the rabbit hole and see the sunlight again. They've released the Kingdom Hearts games as cloud games, haven't they? And I don't mean from Final Fantasy VII. I mean, like, it's a... So, for the Switch, if you have a Switch, you could play Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, I believe. Um, but they are cloud-based. So, the game is actually running on a server in on the cloud somewhere. And you have paid your, you know, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, or whatever. And as long as your Switch has Wi-Fi connectability, you can play Kingdom Hearts. It's not downloaded to your machine. You're playing it over the web, which so I think like Stadia? is Stadia. Yeah, a bit like how Stadia works. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's because Disney and Square are both involved in it, um, because obviously you've got to get two companies to sign off on whether you can install it on your machine, right? But then I just just released something to because like imagine you've got a kid right and you say to them it's a you know you've got an eight-year-old kid they've got a switch and they're like oh my god i could play a game where i like run around as disney characters you're like you certainly can my dude so you get them a switch you get them the game and then you go on a road trip and they can't play it so they ain't got wi-fi how upset is that kid gonna be how bad is that road trip gonna be (laughs) that's terrible yeah i've i've got two major problems with that the first one is precisely that. You know, the the Switch is a portable device, so let's make a really long, lengthy RPG um, require internet connection, yep. which internet connections, especially wireless ones, aren't the best to begin with. Yep. And the second one is I kind of have a theory about that, and it's basically the... The, the cloud versions of Kingdom Hearts were okayed because Sora was put into Smash. Yeah, I think... Too much of a coincidence for my for my money. That um, No, I, I don't think it's a coincidence at all. I think it was Nintendo going, hey, uh, Square, can we have one of your characters for Smash? Um, I wonder which character we can have. Uh, you know, we've got the Final Fantasy VII remake came out last year, or was it the year before? Because uh, the last two years have been a blur for me. Um, and that did really well. You've got hundreds, literally hundreds of characters that we could grab. Um, but hey, I'll tell you what, you put a character in our game and we'll, you know, we'll figure out a deal to get your game on the system. Which game do you want to release? And they're like, well, let's do let's do Kingdom Hearts. I, I feel like it, it's it's not a coincidence. It is very much part of the deal. I think. Well, Luigi cannot catch a break, can he? Absolutely right. That's a last good. chance he had. The hero we needed was Waluigi, not Sora. Yes. Not- no, no more surprise, Waluigi. The yeah. last chance, and he got royally screwed out of it. Absolutely. What they should have done is they should have said, you know, for that final character reveal, hey, it's Rick Astley. That's what they should have done. <laughs> Rick rolled everyone globally at the same time. And he's only got one move, and what he does is he whips people with his uh, floofy hair at the front. Those amazing dance moves. Oh, God. <laughs> That's how you Rick roll the entire population of the planet. You just stick him in Smash. That's it. <laughs>
That's it. Oh my goodness. So you've just been playing the, the uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 then, Squidge? Yeah, trying to escape it. Okay, um, fair enough. So I'm making I'm, progress, but yeah. I know that Kingdom Hearts is not the game series for me either. I do like a good JRPG, and I could be tempted to play it, but I know that there are 12 bajillion games in the series already, and they don't follow a linear time, like a linear um, uh, story progression. Like, you play one, then you play uh, 365 or whatever it was on the Game Boy, then you play two, then you play 1.5, then you play nine, then you play yeah. seven, and it's just... What you just you just play them in release order. You don't play them in story order because it'll screw everything up. But just just don't play them. Yeah, um, yeah don't play. Them. If it's, if you don't think you're gonna like them, yeah. don't play them because it's just a, it's, it's a humongous <laughs> time sink. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's fair enough. Um, and for me, it's been a pretty light month. I uh, started out the month playing Splitgate, which is genuinely loads of fun. If you're a fan of Halo, Unreal Tournament, and Portal. By goodness, this game is for you. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's only available on PC on the sort of Windows format, um, or if you've got uh, you know Proton on your Linux machines, like I do. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's like Unreal Tournament, all the different uh, the different game modes in Unreal Tournament. But you can also have portals, um, and you get sort of put into a team of uh, four. Three people, four people, against a team of four, three or four other people, and you have to each, excuse me, each match you're taking on a different team, and so each match has a completely different set of rules, and there's all sorts of craziness goes on. It's it's a lot of fun. It's not for me, unfortunately, um, as I'm quite terrible at that game. Um, but I found out that um, apparently all first-person shooter developers do this. Uh, at least the ones that have uh, levels in them. Uh, I know I've talked to Squidge about this in the past, and I brought it up on a, on a previous episode of the podcast, but what they do is, for the first 20 levels, you are over-leveled, if that makes sense. So you're actually operating, you know, you're at level 1, but your stats are at level 40, because then by the time you reach level 20, you're deep in the game. It gives you this feeling of, wow, I am god mode, and I'm brilliant at the game. You get to level 20, and your stats take a nosedive down to actual level 20. Um, and you just put it down to, oh, well, you know, I'm getting into my groove now. I'm going to win some, I'm going to lose some, I'm playing against high-level characters. And it's a tactic that's used by first-person shooters with leveling in them to get you to get past that first level, that first 20 levels really quickly. Because once you're past that first 20 levels, you're going to just keep playing anyway. You know, that first 20 levels is like the, uh, the cutoff point. And uh, things like WoW do a similar thing, right? The first few, maybe the first uh, 20 hours of you playing that, you're overpowered, and then it gets, then your stats take a nosedive because they've gotten you through that 20 hours, right? That's the cutoff point when most people go, actually, this isn't really for me. Or people go, you know what? This is a, a really fun game. I'm going to carry on playing. Um, and I think but, World of Warcraft, you get a level 60 boost with any character now. Oh, right. Okay. So it, it power levels you up to level 60. You do all your stats, then you're off. Which, if you've never played it before, you don't have a clue, do you? Yeah, right. You're like, well, what, do I, what am I doing? I've got this Uber. But that's the same thing, right? To get you past that point of the two-week trial, let's dump you at the highest level possible, right? Um, and that, that it just makes sense. Uh, but the, the reason I know about this is because the developers of Splitgate are completely open about how they've built it, how they've designed it. Um, and in, in fact, for the first um, 
two to three weeks of the game being out, it's actually hard to play because um, because you obviously need a server involved to get all six to eight people involved in the game, right? And when they released it, they were like, well, I only need two servers because it's, you know, an independent game. Nobody's going to find it. No one's going to want to play it on Steam. Then all of a sudden, boom, it explodes. And they're like, right, we better start building some more servers then. Mm. <laughs> but on top of that, it's a completely free game to play as well. There's no There's no cost involved. So I would definitely recommend giving it a try if you're into first-person shooters that are similar to Halo or O'Neill Tournament. Loads of fun. Um, mm. And the other one that I've been playing, I've held off and I've actually avoided all details about it um, until this week. I went around to Squidge's house and I started playing the Final Fantasy VII Remake on the PS4. And I had avoided everything, which is really hard to do considering that... Um, you know, on this podcast, we've discussed Final Fantasy VII at least twice. Um, uh, the remake, that is, at least twice. And I was involved in part of those conversations, and I was the one editing the episodes. So I've avoided as much detail as possible. And, I mean, if you really want to go back and listen to him, you could tell when, when I wasn't when I, when it was, uh, when I wasn't involved in the conversation, when I wanted to avoid the spoilers. Because quite literally in the edit suite, I jumped. <laughs> I was like, okay, jump straight to where I come back in. I, no, I, I was I was editing them by that point. Really? I was editing them. Yeah, and then oh, when oh. it was me, you, and Lulu, you just got up and left. I did. So I did. It was me and Lulu, and then where his square, right? The the little window we saw in the in the program we used, you just saw an exercise ball sat solitary by itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> at that point, I was sitting on one of those yoga balls because my back was giving me trouble. So forcing my core to sort of rebuild itself a little. Um, that was odd, yeah. just seeing him bouncing up and down. That was really odd to watch. <laughs> but yeah, when you all started talking about the spoilers, I put the headphones down and, and walked out of the room just because, you know, and, and I've done, I think I've done really well at avoiding all spoilers for, like, when did it come out? Was it March 2020? Um, it was early last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a whole year and a half and not having learnt anything about it um, and then, you know, sitting there, I haven't completed it. I've got up to chapter 14, which which tells me is right near the end. Um, for people who have played it, I've just rescued Wedge, um, and I'm about to help rebuild Sector 7. Uh, for people who haven't played it, that's minor spoilers, but it, it, it's a remake yeah. of an almost um, 20-year-old game, right? Gia found out very quickly, because I was working, I was in the same room, I was working at the opposite end of the room. He found out pretty quickly there's some very funny parts and then some very serious parts, and there's yep. a specific part that we just don't talk about. Well, I don't. I won't. Yep. I, c- I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it over his shoulder. Uh, we, we just don't talk about it, and uh, I'm not going to say what it is mm-hmm. because it's it's kind of uh, it's it still hurts. So well, I'm we'll at, the, at the very least, what we need to do is we need to get Lulu back on so that I can talk about. Here are my thoughts, having just finished it. So, but that's for another day. Um, but yeah, so uh, if you're into Final Fantasy and you haven't tried out Final Fantasy VII, I'd recommend it. Um, they they up to their game with the storytelling part of it. Um, from what I could tell, the Final Fantasy remake, Final Fantasy VII remake so far is quite literally just a portion of the first disc of the original. Like it's just getting up to getting out of Medgar, um, and so who knows what they're going to do next, right? Because it might be a continuation. They may just drop it. I don't know. I haven't gotten to the end of it, so I can't tell you what the end, the end point of it is, but that's what we've been playing recently. Now, what were the, uh, one of the things we like to do, CJ, if you'll indulge us is we used to, we, we like to do a thing called the thunder playing games. Now with the thunder playing games, what we do is uh, actually, 
Just give me a moment and I'll get the actual copy because Squidge always yells at me for this. So for everyone who's new to the podcast, there's a section that we like to call the Thunder Blank Games, which might be uh, vaguely reminiscent of a certain program on BBC Radio 4. Uh, but for copyright reasons, it's completely, absolutely different. Um, and for those who don't know that, that's Desert Island Discs. The, the point of that radio program is they take someone and they say, we're going to put you on a desert island. You could take four albums with you and a book. What four albums and a book are you taking with you? You'll notice that there will be some similarities, right? So imagine that you are in Final Fantasy X and the Thunderblains is a real place that you get banished to. And what we're going to do is we're going to open a portal to the Thunderplanes and very nicely and politely boot you through it. You'll get help. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it'll be in a week. Maybe it'll be in an hour. But there is help on the way and you will be brought back from the Thunderplanes. But it's when it will happen is unknown. To stop you from getting bored, we've said that we'll keep the portal open and throw through up to three video games and everything you need to play them, including an internet connection if needed. The only rules are that you can't ask for help because help is already on the way and you can't tell anyone that you're in the Thunderplanes, right? So if you wanted to play um, Ark, you totally could, but you couldn't tell anyone, hey, I'm in the Thunderplanes, right? So our question for you is... Were we to throw, boot, or yeet you through the portal, which games are you going to take with you? Um, and what do we need to, to, to send with them? So that's our question to you, CJ. We've already done this, so what do you uh, think? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with Apex, Pokemon, Unite, and Rust. Okay. Okay. So why particularly those games, then? What's, what's so great about uh, those? Apex, because... I'm a highly competitive individual. I handle losing really, really well. I can lose with a smile on my face. But if you sit down and take up a controller and we're going head to head, I'm coming for that W, right? <laughs> there is no letting it win. I will crush a four-year-old. Like, <laughs> like if you if you want to play, we're gonna play. That's fine. But mm. uh, Apex really feeds that 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 competitive side. It really gives that to you. I die like immediately all the time like i'm like i drop down and like we're dropping hot i'm like yeah let's drop hot then i die and i'm like all right next round (laughs) um pokemon unite's kind of the same thing but i really like pokemon so um playing like sword and shield and and just ruining eight-year-olds on uh (laughs) the battle the battle stadium it gets a little old so pokemon unite and it kind of brings back a little bit of league of legends without the league of legends rage um I don't know if you guys have ever played League of Legends, but that will inspire the most inhuman rage in anybody. Uh, and then Rust, because I guess if I got to be stranded on an island, I might as well play a game where I'm stranded on an island. <laughs> Doesn't like a bit of escapism, is it? Right. And then there will be other people on that island where I can throw a rock at them. <laughs> like, I'm stranded. Here, have a rock. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Solid choices. Solid choices. Um, for context, for people who may be discovering the show new because of CJ being on the show, uh, we have done this ourselves. Um, and I chose the following three games. I chose Peggle because it's like crack, but in video game form. Um, Streets of Rage 2 on the Mega Drive slash Genesis because it's Streets of Rage 2. And the recent Shadow Man remaster by Night Dive Studios. Uh, Squidge, do you want to go through what you chose or do you want me to list them? 
um, just two really. Um, Dark Chronicle or Dark Cloud Two on the PS2 because who doesn't like time travel, taking pictures, making inventions, and whacking things? Um, and my other choice, which I found out recently, I don't think was ever released in um, United States, was Resident Evil: Gaiden on the Game Boy Color, which I I refer to it as um, Resident Evil Rock Band. Because it's it's top down. You're running around a boat as Barry Burton, and the battle system is very much it's it's got rock band aesthetics. Aesthetics. You've, you've got to be very you've got to be good with timing. And um, from from me playing it and seeing other people playing it, it kind of separates the men from the boys. Um, kind of thing. You've you've got to have a lot of patience. Once you've figured out how to use it, then it's it's definitely survival, but it's on a Game Boy Color. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely one for me. And if anyone's ever played with a Game Boy or a Game Boy Color, you know that lighting's a thing. So it's an extra level of oh crap, how am I going to see this? Mm-hmm. So my thoughts is I'm sat there playing it, and the only time I'm going to see the screen is when uh, lightning strikes hit near me. So <laughs> makes it extra hard, you know? Because why not? Cool. Okay. <laughs> I think we all remember those days. You're like driving down the street and you're like trying to hit every street lamp with your Game Boy. You're like, come on, come on, mom, mom, put your foot on the gas pedal. (laughs) Either do that or park near a street light. Come on. I need some help here. I need backup. (laughs) Yeah. Or ask to put those little lights, you know, the, the lights that they sometimes have in the car. Like, look, you can either drive properly past all of these lights or i can just open the door and we'll do it that way what are you gonna it's your choice it's your <laughs> car what are we doing <laughs> oh if you sat next to someone have you got a torch by chance <laughs> yeah, get a torch out the boot get them to shine it near you so you can see it anyone drives by you blind them you know? well, you use someone else's game boy to light up your game boy to play the game right? you got doesn't like work i've tried it it doesn't work <laughs> You got like that sixteen pound mag light. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I, I love doing these little segments because you get to know person a lot more and and the last segment that i'd like to do cj if you don't mind is one called get control of yourself now this one is based on a tweet by since species on twitter who i mean he's a great guy you should definitely go follow him um and essentially um the the discussion is what is the best and what is the worst controller you've ever used right and i think this really illuminates um, a lot about a person when you when you're talking to them a lot more than anything else you could talk about um, and it can it can be for absolutely any reason it could be the aesthetics of the controller the feel the design of it the anything you want memories of being of being used a particular game whatever reason so my question to you cj is what is the best and what is the worst controller you've ever used you can have two or three for each but what is the absolute best and what is the absolute pants I like being positive, so I'll go with uh, the best one first. And the best controller I ever used uh, was on um, the very first Gen 1 Xbox, and it was a third-party controller made by Mad Cats. And it had fans in the handles that would keep your hands dry. 
And I used to be addicted to a racing game called Juiced. Because if you beat somebody, you could take their pink slip. And I said, I've been competitive my whole life. So now I can take your cars from you. We're playing that game. (laughs) Um, And I would be white knuckling that controller, like (laughs) just banking corners and stuff. And the fans in the controller really, they would really uh, keep your hands dry. And it was awesome. You would have slippery slippery controller. It's one less thing to blame. So I just had to default to lag. Um, (laughs) And then the worst, and I'm about to commit sacrilege here, uh, the Duke. Oh, yeah. You needed a passport to get from one side of that controller to the other. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I hate that <laughs> thing so much. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, the one of the many. There are many reasons why the original Xbox failed in Japan, but one of the one of those reasons is because the controller was way too big. Um, and I feel like over here as well in the UK, you know, we, we a lot of us in the UK don't have hands as big as whoever Microsoft was going for with that controller. I'm not even sure who they were going for, but whoever it was, we don't have hands as big as that. <laughs> I, um, I got, the, there was, um, last year there was re-release of the Duke um, controller where the middle bit would play the original Xbox because it had a small screen on it. And I got one of them and it worked in my um, Xbox One and it worked in my PC. Now I can tell you for for definite that games slow burning games or slowish burning games like fallout 4 and games of that ilk works fine you try playing battletoads with that thing <laughs> no <laughs> an hour in i needed to put my arms in an ice bucket yep. it was just oh it's a nightmare so I'd, i'm not going to make that mistake twice but i know what you mean about the duke i've i've, I've got the re-release of it and i can hammer and nails with that bloody thing <laughs> it's uh not that wood, but it's huge. Here's the thing, right? We did actually, we actually did a size comparison. Um, it's as big as my head. Duke to both Squidge's head and the Nintendo Switch. And if you if you've ever seen a Nintendo Switch or if you've seen someone's head, um, the Duke controller <laughs> is as big as both of those, right? So that 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 is a, a just that is just a massive controller. Mm. Right, so I agree. Uh, absolutely. I agree, CJ. The Duke controller, literally the worst. No one can use it. <laughs> I've actually previously had this conversation just socially with people. And when I said no, the Duke, they were just, they really were like, <gasps> how dare you? <laughs> Fair how dare you on my hammer? I mean, I'm like, what do you mean? How dare you're playing two player on one controller? What are you doing? <laughs> Almost as yeah. bad as an N64 pad that needs three hands to use it properly. You know, you load DDR into the Xbox, you can use the controller for the dance pad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is the worst. It really is. It really is. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's just ugh, mm. ugh. What were Microsoft thinking? Oh well. Well, yeah. You think like we're the gate? We like we're like the gaming generation. Like we had like the the end of like the people born in like the sixties. Like they were playing like Pong and Atari and stuff. Like, but we're like the gaming generation. We were like we saw the Nintendo to modern day, and when the Xbox came out, our hands were very tiny. Mm -hmm. Like, who was their target audience for this? Because if it was us, 
I, whatever engineer, I don't want to see that engineer's child. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that scene? It's uh, the the movie with uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Rock. Uh, uh, Rush Hour. Uh, Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Yeah. And he like he like opens the door and there's that huge dude there and he's just like, damn, what are you feeding him? Like it's gonna be one of it's those too damn big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's who that controller is for. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon it was to force people to play couch co-op because at the time the Xbox came out, there wasn't much couch co-op. So it's like you'd have two people using one pad. Uh. <laughs> so it's forcing to use couch co-op. I've got you just know somewhere. The joystick. <laughs> you just know somewhere there are two people who played the original Halo on the hardest difficulty sat right next to each other and they got so good. <laughs> oh my God. Conjoined twins. That's who that's for. There you go. <laughs> answered that question finally it's it's interesting to see that trajectory though because like microsoft went from the least accessible controller ever to the most accessible controller because like one of the things that they that a lot of the the xbox folks the folks you know the folks behind the xbox uh, make a big deal about is hey we've made the most accessible controller ever it's got gigantic buttons it's you know usable by people who can't generate much pressure with their fingers it's usable the xbox is voice controlled it has all of these features so like the fact that they've put all that effort into their latest generation but they went from quite literally the worst to quite possibly one of the most accessible. I just how do you how do you rectify that? Right? You start somewhere, aren't you? Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> it is it is tough to admit that Xbox really does have the best control. I'm a I'm a ride or die, live or die PlayStation guy, right? And you know, it, you, when you look at the Xbox controller, like we we want to talk a whole bunch of smack. We're like uh, what, what is it? it's like? The, it's like that guy's like in your face, like, "Oh, that's so stupid! You're you're dumb for using that." And like, you open up the closet, and he's in there, like, "Oh, my precious, they'll never <laughs> know about our forbidden love." Like, <laughs> I wish you didn't have a good imagination. I'm just saying that now. <laughs> you've got a you've got a closet full of Xbox controllers. What are you talking about? <laughs> PS5 control, PS4 controllers. You just open oh, it up. <laughs> I, I will say one thing that um, Sony controllers got going for it. Um, I can play first-person shooters on a PS4 pad, but I'm, I struggle with an Xbox pad. I just I don't know why. Just the thumbsticks being right next to each other just works for me. Mm, fair enough. No idea why. See, that's why I like to have this conversation, right? Because what works for one person doesn't work for another, and I am completely okay with that. I mean, we had a discussion off-air about, you know, which editing or recording programs that you'll use, and I am very much a case of if this is the program, this is the app, this is the tool, this is the controller that works for you, brilliant. Let's talk about that. Let's say, let's Let's discuss that. You know, let's not let's not say, oh, well, you use this controller, you suck. You use that controller, you're the best. Because at the end of the day, we're all here just to have a load of fun and play video games, right? We're not here to try and one-up each other, unless you're playing against CJ in a competitive game, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'll shake your hand and say GG, but if you, I tell you what, you leave the opening, just just a tiny opening where I can come in and take that win, uh, that win. I'm coming through like the Kool-Aid man. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like it. I'm not sure whether my Kool Aid man there was more Macho Man Randy Savage or not, but. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, either way, if it was either the Kool Aid guy or Macho Man Randy Savage bursting through the wall to beat you in a game, it'd still scare the <laughs> out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one bursts through the wall, another one body slams you, and then drops an elbow. One of the two. You know? I guess. I guess the important question there is: Which are you, CJ? Would you rather be the Kool Aid Man or the Macho Man Randy Savage? Well, I do not have Macho Man Randy Savage uh, physique, and I look very much so like the Kool-Aid Man uh, without a shirt on. So, I mean, I'm American. I'm fat. So, Kool-Aid Man. Macho Man Man it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We like to say Macho Man, but we know the truth. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So... Do we, we want to give the GameCube uh, controller an honorable mention? Because they re put oh, it out for the Switch? Because that is a quality controller. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's um it's 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 more like the the, the, the connoisseur's controller. Oh yes, I, I I play with the GameCube pad and people look at you like, what? Oh yeah, GameCube pad. Yeah, yeah. Somebody says that they play a game with a GameCube controller, and you're like, ah yes, I see you are a person of education and culture. It's that yeah. You use your thumbstick with your pinky out. All right. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what we should do. We should write a book about um, the, uh, oh, what's the word now? I've completely forgotten it. Like uh, the, uh, ignore that. I've forgotten the name of it now. What what is it? Not ethics, but the. uh, Aesthetic. No, the table manners thing where you always have to stand when everyone walks in the room. Yes, the etiquette of video gaming. That's it. Yeah, thank you. You're the home of etiquette. World etiquette came from the UK. <laughs> no, not no, where no, I live, no, it not. No, no. no, no. We're, we're, we're down at the, the bottom end of everything. We're lower class. Well, I mean, the knife is on the left side of the plate here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would never survive in anything like that. I if, if, thought, that's our squid. You go first. If you imagine the UK where the etiquette is, where I am, it's like the ass end of the UK. So etiquette is, you know, remembering to use a fork and not eat with your fingers. Oh, you know, so you're all of America in your one town? Pretty much. Most, most. <laughs> not all of it, most. There's a, there's a lot of America and not much UK, so it's most. It's not all of it, you know? That's where we got our manners. We went to one place and we're like, oh, that's how it's done. Okay. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, one person went to the wrong town, went back. Oh, yeah, they eat with the fingers. Yeah, and how do they eat cake? They just smash the face on the plate. Oh, that'll do. <laughs> they eat with their fingers, but only when they're eating noodles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't go there, but he did. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't survive in anywhere that was like a fancy place that required etiquette. Cause I, so I learned to eat by mirroring someone who's left-handed, and so the fork and the knife for me are always on the wrong side because even though I'm right-handed, I do it backwards. So, yeah, I, I'd never survive. I never. Well, there's survive. always that, like, you're supposed to, like, pin it with the left hand, cut with the right, and then you're supposed to, like, put the knife down and then swap. And, no, we don't do that here. We're just like, hey, yo, gonna get me a big rack of ribs over there. That's right. I need some barbecue sauce as messy as we can make it. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And about 12,000 bibs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we don't play with that. We just use our good white t-shirt. 
Right. Oh, the good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew the good one was tonight. used for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Look, I dressed up tonight. I've got the shirt with the least amount of stains on it. <laughs> Don't most tell them how I dress. <laughs> <laughs> It's not your podcast. Don't be giving descriptions. <laughs> Cry it out loud. You shattered the illusion, folks. Shattered the illusion. <laughs> well, for me, I don't think I'd worry about anywhere where you need etiquette as long as you give me time. Because what I do is I just go on Reddit on like how to and get pictures and descriptions <laughs> beforehand, read up. And then as I walk in, my, my, I'm just looking at my phone. And then just, give me a second. Right, okay. As, yeah, as long as you <laughs> give me time to double check on my phone, I'd be fine. Yeah, the problem is, Squidge, that uh, yeah, that would only work if you were going to if you if you weren't going to somewhere like Georgia, because you'd end up looking at etiquette for Georgia, Russia, and not Georgia, uh, like Atlanta. <laughs> I I've been there. There's no there's no etiquette there. the the only The only etiquette is the waitress will always ask you if you need more sweet tea, and the answer is always yes. And like <laughs> you, you only take like this much out of your glass, and they'll come back. Hey, sweetheart, would you like some more sweet tea? And you're like, yes. And then, like, if you say no, they're like, yes, and they pour it anyway. And you're just like, <laughs> hey, thanks. So, so it's it's one of those you say yes. It's just a formality. Right. You're gonna get sweet tea regardless. Yeah, yeah. And it's and to be fair, it is really really good. So, <laughs> but other than that, backyard barbecues. <laughs> Absolutely. And All I did eat iguana while I was there. <laughs> Excellent. But yeah, so yeah, you wanted the, the honorable mention of the GameCube controller. I believe, yes, uh, I, I, I I agree with you. The GameCube, GameCube controller, it got a lot of stick because, uh, I mean, we we interviewed someone very recently who said, uh, you know, the GameCube looks like a, a box of Kleenexes, right? Because <laughs> it just didn't really, it didn't look like a games console, right? And I feel like that, unfortunately, um, sort of limited its ability somewhat. And the, the target audience for the GameCube was all over the place, right? You had, it's got to have a Mario game, got to have a Zelda game, totally cool, whatever. And then, you know, there's like, it's got to have Smash Brothers, fantastic, brilliant. Oh, also, we've got, you know, the Resident Evil remake, which is the most gory, horrific game on the console. Then Resident Evil 0, then Resident Evil 2 and 3, then Resident Evil oh, 4. And then, like, Eternal Darkness, which is this horrendously fun-to-play psychological horror game. Oh, and by the way, we've got, got Star like, Fox Adventures. Yes, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cutesy, wootsy, weeble, wobbles. It's like, what? what? I, do, I, don't, I don't get the... Uh, this console is all over the place. Mm. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll give an honourable mention for the West. And I've mentioned this before, but this, I'll, I'll, I'll go complete opposite. The West controller, mobile phone. Cell phone just should not be used as a controller, let alone gaming on it. Because agreed, hard agree. I'm, I'm I'm of the school where a, a mobile phone, cell phone, whatever you want to call it, is um it is apart from if you do social media on it, it is an emergency communication device. You play you play games on it, you wipe your battery and you're in trouble. You're screwed. <laughs> it's phone calls, text messages, Twitter, and memes. Not 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 games. <laughs> I'll push it to memes, and that's only recently. But I just, as a controller, it's just no. Because if you get annoyed, you'll end up snapping it in half. Or if you're playing competitively on it, CJ, you'll probably end up battering <laughs> someone with it. So, <laughs> I mean, I I have never injured anybody over a game. 
<laughs> but I've never injured another person over a game. It's good thing you don't live in the UK then. <laughs> Are you guys just out here punching people? It was a light tap. It was a light tap. It wasn't a punch. It was a light tap. <laughs> I was re- I was reaching for something. I never punch anyone. I was just it was an extended reach. I was high fiving them in the face with my fist. That's all it was. <laughs> you cracked my eye socket. Why? It was so bad. Get walk it off. <laughs> Used to be a rugby player. Just walk it off. Go on. You'll be Rub fine. some dirt on it. You'll be okay. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> you know that movie, It'll put the hair on your chest. Like that. <laughs> hair hair on your chest. chest. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> oh, Because we're having a wonderful time. Let's talk about Borderlands. Because right, that's a fun game to play. I love that. Um, the problem, so, so my immediate problem with the Borderlands games, and I don't have that's very a good many start, problems. Then. <laughs> well, I get the problems out of the way, and then we can have loads of fun talking about them, right? My immediate problem with the Borderlands games is the same problem I have with the Kingdom Hearts games. There's about 12 bajillion of them. <laughs> right? Only two of them and- are worth playing. Well, okay. That's a conversation we'll have. Absolutely. That should be interesting to find out. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so there's 12 Dibajillion games. There's only, according to CJ, only two that you really want to play. And now a movie, right? So w- w- what's the deal with all of this, right? Um, so let's talk, about, let's talk about the first Borderlands game any of us played. Then talk about the best one we've ever played. And then we'll circle back around to that. There's only two worth playing, right? Okay. So where did where did you all enter into the series? Uh, beta key for the very first game. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Yep. Spent all my summer earnings from you know my little high school job on a computer so that I could qualify for that beta key. To be completely disappointed with that game. <laughs> <laughs> was was that when Lilith had white dreadlocks? I honestly can't remember. We're talking uh, Windows Vista had just come out wow. when I got that. Beat. Going back that far, I need popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have time to make it on the stove. No. Um, <laughs> this, the game was so bad. It was so bad. I mean, like, uh, I hated that game so much that I refused to buy Borderlands 2 until it had already been out for like seven years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I got it is because all of my friends were playing it and they'd be like, oh, everybody, we're meeting over at this house. And uh, I'd be sitting on the back of the couch like, I, why did we all meet here to play bad games? Why did you invite me? And then I bought it and I was like, because I want to be included, you know? I'm like, all right, all right. I want to play too. And I meet this like guy sitting in the corner eating all the cheese spoofs. Um, <laughs> so I got it and I was like, all right, this is good. I like this game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's cool. Uh, so, Squidge, where did you come into the Borderlands series? Um, first Borderlands game, and it was on the 360. Um, I remember because it was, I think it was 2008 it was released. Um, it was a year or so after the 360 had been launched. I got it. I played it. 
the difficulty curve, it was unreal. Um, didn't have anyone to play it with. Um, and I did the stupid thing of I played as Lilith, so her power is you can do like a fire explosion. And if you get close enough to someone, you can like set people on fire and then continue the battle. I used it, I set off the explosion and I ran to cover. So I wasn't using that power uh, properly. And then I got about halfway through the game and the only relic I picked up was it will, um, you will get submachine gun ammo back. It'll gradually regenerate over time. So me being an absolute moron, all of my weapons were submachine guns. And I struggled like hell all the way to the end. Because I thought, oh, I've got regenerating ammo, not realising the plethora of different weapons that would have helped me. Um, but yeah, and I only ever played as Lilith as well. For the longest time, until I went back on it on the PC and I started playing as the other characters. So for a good year and a half, I play as one of the four characters. Um, through all the DLCs as well. The same character using the same SMG, struggling like hell. All the way through, because I'm nothing if I'm not stubborn. So I thought, I'm, I've, I've already put God knows how many hours into this. I'm going to do it. You know, there's no turning back now. You know, <laughs> Was it at least so, one of the Hyperion submachine guns? It was, it was, it was essentially what, whatever I picked up that was a lot more powerful and could fire fast. And they don't mix. So I either had a fire fast one that was crap or a really high-powered one that shoot one bullet every three weeks. So <laughs> it's um, so it, it was a yeah. So it was a problem. Um, <laughs> so I, but again, I was nothing if not determined. So originally it was that, and it was on the three hundred and sixty. And the biggest problem on the three hundred and sixty that anyone had was if you wasn't wired in when your batteries ran out, the game would just sit there until you got more batteries into it. <laughs> and yeah, and I I just had excess batteries littered around where I was sat because I thought I'm I, I just can't I can't be in the middle of a firefight and then stop dead. No, I got batteries for days, son. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> just sat there, and there's a circle of ejected, depleted batteries around me. You know. That's a barrier to the real world. <laughs> you got so good at taking the batteries out and putting new ones in. You were like one of those, uh, one of those, um, uh, you know, the really high skilled uh, people who could like tactical reload uh, a handgun. You could tactical <laughs> reload in the batteries and you could draw. Now you, now you say that, right? A friend of mine, he he played a lot of Resident Evil Four when it was re-released on the 360, right? And he had the same problem. He'd just chew through batteries. So what he did was, because he had multiple pads, he had two battery packs, and he put one upside down and glued it to the back of his normal battery pack. <laughs> right? So what he'd do is, when it run out, he'd unclip, slip the batteries in, turn it around, smash it in, and keep going. It was like a reload clip. I love it. Tactical and he had four reload. of them. He had four of them. So once one double one ran out, he'd throw that across the room, grab the next one. He had a flip mag for it. <laughs> yeah, a flip mag for a wireless 360 pad. And you know what? I wish I'd have had it, but nah. It was just like, funny watching him just going, click, click, right, I'm back in. What? John Wick of video games. <laughs> That's brilliant, though, because of all of us doing that. He's the only one I've ever heard of. The rest of us were like, oh, Oh, where are the batteries? Oh, crap, they were right here. Oh. 
it's it's a very zen level of creative creative stupidity and but it worked <laughs> yeah that's right over there with all of the other chindoku uh, things that's brilliant <laughs> yeah so first borderlands i was i i've played all of them in in mostly chronological order but it started off with the first one on a console with a pad it wasn't mouse and keyboard so that's where i started okay so I feel like I can um, short-circuit all of the discussion about Borderlands by saying um, that my entire Borderlands experience has been PC-based, and it was the first one, and the pre... Is it the pre-sequel that I've played? Oh, it's the Squidge Nose, right? The, the, I do the one have, on the moon set in Australia. That's the one. I do have Borderlands 1 pre-sequel and 2 bought. They are in my Steam library. Um, but yeah, uh, I've never got further than the pre-sequel. Um, yeah, I, I remember playing the first one and going, I get the feeling they're trying a little too hard in this intro. I get it, it's funny, it's zany. And then mm-hmm. you get into the game and you're like, actually, this is kind of funny and zany and it's loads of fun, yeah, all right. And I remember struggling like hell because I didn't really get the idea of uh, the multicolored weapons. Uh, I'm not that much of a... Because uh, like the weapons, the color that is assigned to the name tells you how rare and powerful they are. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, I'll use that one. Uh, that's a new gun to me, I'll use that one, right? So I was playing through it terribly badly. Um, and I, rem- I remember very vividly completing the game, right? And then you get like the end, the end game of the, you know, the game ends and you speak to that, uh, the guardian angel or whatever. And then it just kind of goes, right, we're going to eat you back to the beginning of the game for no real reason whatsoever. And I'm like, what, 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> and I just, yeah. oh, I don't know. It felt like a, it felt maybe maybe i was just a bit maybe i don't know maybe i wanted an end to the game but like it because it just yeeted me back to the beginning of the game i'm like really what about the ending what about the the closing of the story and it's like nope there's another vault it's the same one go do it again but play through the whole game again i'm like (sighs) it it was the the whole concept of the first borderlands was a bit of an experiment anyway just trying to get things right, and then by the time the second one came along, they they tidied it up a lot more. They um they got the gameplay a lot tighter. They got more humor in it. They had more of a story, other than go here, do that, come back here, go here, do that. You know, it, it actually had a, an actual story to it, and the the best villain ever, Handsome Jack. You know, um, <laughs> I, did, you know. I did like in the first one. There was some DLC that was like. The Halloween or horror DLC. Dr. Ned's um, zombie something. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I remember liking that. Like, he's telling the story and he's, and like, this kid says, that's a stupid story. And he's like, shut up. You're adopted. (laughs) That's that. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) And I did like, towards the beginning of the game, there's a guy who lives in a house who can't see. Is that is, is that him? Yeah, like where he talks about the different kind of eggs, like eggs, uh, uh, fried eggs, chili eggs, eggs Benedict. Then, yeah, then when he's in the the zombie DLC, he constantly talks about brains, brains, jelly brains, fire brains, 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 jelly brains, boil brains, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew, coast your brains, brain fondue, stir fried brains, raw brains, brains on the stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brains a la mode. <laughs> that, that was cool. Yeah. I liked that character. But yeah, it was for me, it was the kind of like a forgettable shooter. Uh, I didn't really cotton on to the fact that it was like an RPG shooter. And I was just like... It was, oh, it was built for multiplayer. 
Yeah. That was the thing. If you played it with three friends, you get a kick out of it. Play it by yeah. yourself, it just felt like a massive grind. Yeah. That was the problem. Totally. There's a lot of humor in it, but it was just a massive grind. That's where it has always been better with multiplayer, though. Like, the more people you have going at it, like, the enemies got harder or whatever, but it always made the game so much better. Mm. Maybe maybe that's where I missed out, right? Because I wasn't playing it multiplayer. You know? Well, maybe you were that, playing the first one. one. There, was, there was no rescuing the first one. You could <laughs> have 20 people playing it. There was no rescuing that game. <laughs> Even when it was re-released a couple of years ago, it's still the same thing. So... <laughs> Okay, they so just added a, a couple of extra new weapons, which people found out how to cheese by the end. You could just keep getting the same weapons over and over and over, which I was one of those. I had tons of them. Um, so let, let's talk about that, right? Well, um, it, it, it's always good to be able to healthily criticize something that you like. You know, I, I kind of like some of the, the entries in the Borderlands series. So w- what about the first one made it not so good? Story. Uh, the whole scripting process in itself, mm. it just, it was just not good. It was, it was bland. Uh, it felt watered down. It was sort of like if you bought The Witcher when it first came out and then didn't get the director's cut patch, you're like, there's just something missing here. Like I'm doing all this stuff and I just, I don't feel like I'm experiencing everything I should be. And it was just kind of a letdown. It, it felt more uh, combat orientated. And mm-hmm. the story was thought up afterwards. I mean, just the ending spoilers for a game that came out over 12 years ago. You open a vault, there's a monster, you kill it, you watch the credits, and then suddenly you find out Claptrap is an interplanetary ninja, and then back to menu. I, yeah, he dances, but... Give, give me a story, that'd be mm-hmm. nice. But but then again, you know, I can rip it apart, but it was still a fun game. I liked it. I wonder if perhaps because it was, I mean, you guys have said it's better with multiplayer, right? Maybe because it was designed as a multiplayer, everybody drop in, shoot loads of stuff, loot to shoot, and then leave. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why the story took a backseat. But then you could say, you can't say the same thing about things like the Diablo series, right? That is arguably a drop in, drop out, loot to shooter, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. The thing yeah. is, when you have those types of games, when the missions are are just like repetitive, it's sort of like when you're playing an RPG and it's like, go kill 10 of this and bring me back five bones of this. Mm. You know, the question is why? Like, why am I doing that, right? So when you, you come into these missions and that's the one thing that Borderlands 2 really got down solidly is it gave you the why. And it did an amazing job of giving you the why. And you wanted to do the same mission effectively reskinned over and over and over and over because the why was that incredible. That and Tiny Tina. (laughs) Monty, Monty, I won't be on the show. Tina, don't, Tina. I'm going to be on the show. I'm going to be the star of the show. Moxie, who the hell is that? Just a trainer I hire. Don't worry about her. It's the Tina show, star with me, Tiny Tina. Just an incredible character in the second one. Just <laughs> completely not expecting anything she did or said. It was such a crude game. Like, yeah. <laughs> anybody with a mature sense of humor is not going to enjoy that game. Or they'll be, like, in the closet while they enjoy it, right? Because <laughs> they, cause the, the, the humor in that game is so... It, Juvenile. It, it really is. <laughs> But it's done, it's executed so well 
that like you're doing this mission where like you know uh you, you break into the facility and push a button on the computer that's pretty much every mission in that game right and then it's like and then the humor and the jokes they're cracking and like you said things like tiny tina or uh my favorite character in that game is the big mechanic lady who oh uh, um what is her name Ah, oh, give me a second. It's, you know, I it's the play- sister of Scooter. Yeah, I was literally Moxie's playing. daughter. I was playing Borderlands three today and had to interact with her several occasions. <laughs> I can't remember her name. Ellie. And, Ellie. Ellie. Yes. Yes. Ellie. And like, Ellie's and those brilliant. those characters, and they they just talk in the background the entire time you're doing everything you have to do, and it makes you want to progress because they'll keep talking if you progress. And that's, that's the fun of the game is listening to them talk. He's a skeleton and his name is Mr. Bony Pants Guy. I am Mr. Bony Pants Guy. I mean, just a 12 year old demolition expert who has two rockets straps to, to um, rabbits to him. <laughs> she says, Sque- uh, "Just, just squeeze their badonkadonks, and it'll set the rockets off." You sit back, and she says, "I'll, I'll do them remotely." Ten, nine to fly off, and she goes, "I got bored. Sorry." That's it. <laughs> <laughs> is is Tiny Tina the character that's voiced from by Ash from Hey Ash? What are you playing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just, some of the stuff she comes out with, though. Oh. She's just like in a cave having a tea party with her imaginary friends, and. <laughs> <laughs> she's clearly a sandwich short of a picnic lunch. <laughs> yeah, and just prepping for that as well. You've got to get a teapot that someone stole, and then you're told you've got to get crumpets because crumpets are crunk. <laughs> I mean, if you had any motivation to do a mission, it's that, because crumpets are crunk. Simple. <laughs> and then, like, at the end of that storyline where she has the guy sitting in the chair and he's all, like, mangled up, and she's just, like, skipping around like, hey! Have a good time, and you're like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so so many characters, so many, so many references, so so many, just all sorts of stuff. I played that with a friend of mine, and the problem was I only just picked it up, and he was zipping through the game to a point where I leveled up a lot, but then I went back on my game, and I didn't know where I was. It skipped me right to the end of the game, and I was just shooting stuff, trying to catch up, and I didn't have a clue what the story was. So I had to have a separate file <laughs> to know what the bleeding story was because he just skipped me through. But it's like, oh yeah, yeah, come along, we'll do stuff and have a laugh. He's shooting stuff. I'm stood there with the, the beginning pistol, going, "What am I doing?" <laughs> yeah, that is the one thing about those games, though, is if you you have a friend who's been playing a lot longer than you, and they want to just like power level you through everything. And you miss out on a lot of really strong quality content when they do that because they just go. They have half the fun of that is exploring the different parts of the level, and like picking up the, the the little tapes that you put into your your Walkman because they still use those a thousand years in the future, <laughs> you know, and and stuff like that. You really miss out on a lot of that when you have somebody who's just fifty levels over you and like, let's just get you through this. Like, I don't want to just get through this. <laughs> I'm not playing this to get through this. So 
would you recommend that? So obviously, you know, we're 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 kind of pretty much in agreement that the first one wasn't that great, right? So if somebody it, came it was to you, a starting point. Yeah, right. Hey, yeah. You got to start somewhere, right? You got to have something yeah. to improve upon. You can't just and if you get gold the first time, you're never going to get gold again, right? So it's either mm. it's either you get it perfect first time and then the series falls off a cliff edge, or it starts okay and you ramp up, right? So. Mm. As someone who has never played all of them, I've played the first one and the pre-sequel, which I guess is 1.5. Um, if somebody came to you and said, I want to play Borderlands, which one should I start with? Should I start with the first one? Where should they start? Two. Yeah, two. It gives you a brief overview of what happened in the first one, and it's like three sentences. That's it. What are the three sentences? I need to know this. I brought food for lunch. You could... Oh, God, what is that? It's a salad. Why is it green? It looks like the devil! Just calm down. It's staring at me. <laughs> they opened the vault. They found another one. Go. <laughs> That's essentially it. Yeah. You start off and Handsome Jack is trying to kill you. Um, Claptrap sees you as his minion. Right. You save him. You eventually get to uh, Sanctuary. And then you meet all the colourful characters and you progress and it it's just sort of like offhand mention oh yeah, this this is what happened before you know and this is what's happening now i mean one reason to play the second one over the first one is tanis good lord i've never laughed so much in my life she just sees everyone as inferior idiots and <laughs> she will tell you that you're an inferior idiot um <laughs> to your face just her interactions with um talk the intro to the uh, talk dlc Oh, my word. Get off this echo frequency, you protein-guzzling buffoon! I'm trying to convey- That sentence had too many syllables! Apologize! The badass creator of badassitude. <laughs> she starts off by saying, listen here, mouth breathers of the world. Mouth breathers of the world. That's how she starts that. <laughs> listen in, mouth breathers of the world. That's it. I mean... I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, you can quite easily start on the second one. You can pick up because everything's mentioned um, to a point where even Handsome Jack will fill in the details for you because the whole point is you're, you're trying to get to Sanctuary and he's taunting you. He's coming in over the like the, the wave files and he's taunting you. That's where Butt Stallion comes from. He's showing you how rich he is. I've got a stallion made out of diamond. Hang on, wait a minute. I'll go get him. You know, I actually had that, but Stallion says hello as my text message done for about a year. <laughs> and when I was at work and I get text messages on my break, people constantly looked at me weird. <laughs> Those two characters are, are such a mirror of each other, right? They're complete opposites. Like, Tannis is so serious about that. Serious. And Handsome Jack is like, I kind of have an objective, but my real goal is to just talk <laughs> as often as possible. And I will call you on your phone to do it. <laughs> like, I will, at, at random intervals and constantly. I'm the weird guy just calls you on the phones like you're and like hangs up. And you're, you're <laughs> I mean, one of the phone calls, I kid you not, he rings it up. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Man, these pretzels suck. And he just continues his conversation. <laughs> and he is determined that he is the good guy and you're all bad guys. That's why he kills all the vault hunters. Because he says, I'm the good guy here. You guys are the bad guys. I've got to take you out. But it's just, hey, buddy, how's, oh, these pretzels suck. <laughs> Pause, <laughs> laugh, get back to it. It just gets worse. <laughs> well, better and worse, you know. Okay. He's such a good antagonist. It's handsome, Jack. It's, it's a shame. It's like I can't remember any of them specifically offhand because 
I remember a number of times, like, he would do one of his random phone calls while you were, like, mid-mission on a storyline that had nothing to do with Handsome Jack, and he just was like, oh, hey, I'm still here, don't forget about me. And he would have some real zingers. Like, he would, like, reach into your soul, remove your heart, show it to you, put it back, and you're just like, ow! Like, did you really just say that to me? And then he would just be gone. Yeah. You'd be like, how am I supposed to finish the level now? I need a tissue rude <laughs> there's, there's obviously again spoiler but there's a part where one of the characters in Borderlands 2 you had to fight it to try and save it so I'm talking about Bloodwing here and then you're leaving um, I can't remember his name the sniper oh, what's he called Anyway, the sniper character who Bloodwing belongs to, he's going nuts shooting stuff. It's it's really getting to him. He's just anything that moves, he's shooting because he's sniping because he's, he's just lost his companion. And as you're trying to leave, Handsome Jack's like, hang on, wait a minute. Tom, where is it? Give me a second. And you, you're trying to leave and there's bullets going everywhere. And he goes, right, this is for you. And you hear a violin being played really crappy, right? And then he goes, oh, you know, whatever. You know, point is, you're a d- and then he just throws a violin and it ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember what you're talking about. The guy is up on the top of the mountains and you're trying to like kill enemies and there's like these Mordecai. massive nests. And then the deep sea mines are just on the side. Mm-hmm. And if you get too close, they'll blow you and everything else up. Uh, good times. That was part yeah. of the uh, Tiny Tina storyline too. Well, uh, like uh, sequentially anyway. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, it, it just says, like, anyway, that my point is you're a d- and it just says out of nowhere. <laughs> okay. oh. Oh, such a good antagonist, Handsome Jack, really. I think is. there was, like, one time, too, where he just calls you up and he's like, hey, I'm just calling to remind you that I hate you, and, like, hangs up. Yeah, <laughs> literally it. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I do remember in the pre-sequel, there's lots of, um, for want of a better phrase, banter that comes from him. So, like, right at the beginning, you have to storm this place and steal the thing, whatever, the, the MacGuffin, right? And, like, you're shooting your way through this battlefield, and he's like, don't worry about me, I'm just laying here bleeding. Get on with oh, it. Oh, that's the tutorial, yeah. I'm just bleeding, yeah. I'm just bleeding out, don't worry about me. This is yeah, actually yeah, yeah. really painful, actually. Don't worry about me, it's fine. <laughs> Get to me when you can. It's, then, man, this is painful. <laughs> find, like the big, like the interplanetary shotgun that shoots you from planet to planet, as well, and it's like this way up and things like that. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this all, this is going to be um, very loud and very awesome, but it might kill you. Cool, I'm in. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. love a bit of handsome Jack. So maybe that's it. Is that what was missing out of the, Well, obviously, you know, we've said a few things that were missing from the first one, but maybe the focus on the humor was more missing. Do you, mm. you think it could have been improved if there were a lot more um, fun lines? Because I feel like in the first one, they lent on Claptrap for the humor a little bit more than anything else, right? Yeah. You sort of turned up and there's like, hey, I'm kind of zany and I'm silly and I'm a robot. Oh, and then, but there wasn't really that much in the way of like, a good comedy zingers. And I wonder whether that's because perhaps that's because the, the pre-sequel and the second one, as far as I'm aware, were made by the Australian team and not by the American team. The, Maybe that's it. Just the pre-sequel was, um, two oh, okay. K uh, two K Sydney, I believe right. it was just the pre-sequel. That's why everyone spoke in Australian accents. Right. Everyone, including the, my favorite weapon, the sweary shotgun. 
I mean, um, that was it's a it's a crap weapon, but it's brilliant for like yeah, put it in me and things like that. I love that. <laughs> See you, dolls. Yeah. The, the problem with the pre sequel, I'm not too sure if you got this CG, but the problem with this pre sequel is after playing it for a good four or five hours, you start speaking in an Australian accent. <laughs> and I annoyed so many people doing that, just slipping into it. Would you stop? You've been playing pre sequel, haven't you? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I only made it two hours into the pre sequel, and I just set my controller down and was like, no. I can't play this game. <laughs> That's fair enough. It, it was slower. The game was <laughs> slower. It, it had an emphasis on trying to put a butt on a humor in, but it was slower. Um, you know. That's fair. That's fair. The, the mm. humor, though, is is it's kind of weird though because like with the humor itself, it's like a whole just a series of one liners. But like these one liners form this super deep story arc where you kind of have to remember all the different things that were said to you and like while you're wiping the tears out of your eyes from laughing you know you're trying to get through these levels mm. and it's just like this really deep story and you're like this is genius like this writing is absolutely genius because mm. i i don't have like it's super quotable like there are certain things that you can say that anybody who's even seen the cover of borderlands would be like that's borderlands you know and everyone else like you're a dork, but we all love each other because we <laughs> because we can quote them, and they're super quotable. But at the same time, like it's it's just like it forms this huge pool of just deep story arc, and you're like, whoa. Mm. Um, my personal favorite of um, the pre sequel was uh, Journey Springs, and the one quote that always springs to mind whenever I think about air is, "Are you okay in there? Without a nose kit, your eyes are gonna." pop out like grapes, and then you run into Chaser to get to a main base where the O2 bit is. This way, don't think about the grapes thing. <laughs> <laughs> Forget I said anything about the grapes thing, you know. But, <laughs> but that makes that makes her a 3D realistic character, right? The, the fact that, because <laughs> like, uh, I guess maybe you haven't, uh, maybe you haven't met this character so much, uh, CJ, because you didn't play it so much, but um, at least in the pre-sequel, right? She plays almost like a pivotal role in the early couple of hours of getting you, if you haven't played the first one, getting you into the series as a whole and getting you into the whole zero-G and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then she provides you with a bunch of missions and weapons. And and it makes sense that she is she is like the 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 that nerdy friend you have that you you go to and you ask hey how do i do this and they give you the super detailed answer but actually all they want to do is say well, you click that button there right and mm. it makes sense it makes her sort of a little bit more realistic right mm. but i think maybe that's that's what was that that's what maybe elevated it like they used the pre-sequel as like can we do this can we get the writing better and then maybe with this with borderlands 2 because i haven't played it uh they they must have taken that and gone right let's go down that route let's uh, like you guys say like let's make it funny let's make it quotable let's like it let's give it a little bit of uh, a tug on the heartstrings every now and again but then let's go back to just blasting things away and being really silly so mm. you know maybe maybe that's what they but then like if that's the case, right? Because there's Borderlands, the pre-sequel, two and three, right? There isn't a fourth one yet. Is that right? No, that's no. Um, the, there's there's an offshoot which is going to be Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Okay, so so yeah, there's a number of little offshoots and some DLCs and stuff. So then that means that they've got this rich tapestry to build the film from. 
but then Hollywood has this because obviously they've got to tell um, you know a story in an hour and a half mm-hmm. to two hours, right? That's why uh, like the the have you seen the you guys seen the trailer for the new Resident Evil movie? Not yet. No, okay. no, I have. Okay, well, essentially they're taking parts of the plot from Resident Evil two and three and a little bit from Code Veronica and the first game and sort of intertwining them. And that's essentially because if you really think about it and you think about the plot of those games, there's maybe half an hour of plot in each game. Most of it is you running around shooting stuff, right? Um, and Hollywood has this... Um, they, they have two ways of making a video game movie. There's either we'll take the characters and go off in our own direction and figure out what we're going to do, or we'll take two or three of the mainline entries into the series, combine them and see what we can do. And I think that perhaps that's what they'll end up doing with Borderlands. They'll be like, hey, here's Mordecai. Hey, here's Tiny Tina. Hey, here's um, Claptrap. Here's all those characters you know. And here are some of the story beats from some of the stories, right? Because I don't think... Mm-hmm. There's, there's absolutely no way they could tell a, a this is Borderlands 1 or Borderlands 2 or the, you know, the Tiny Tina stuff. They can't, they can't really do that in a movie, right? Or can they? I'm asking you guys. What do you think? The, the, I mean, I'd probably watch it when it finally gets made mm-hmm. just to see because I'm not going to – I'm not the kind of person that goes, oh, it's not this, so I'm, not, I'm boycotting I'm not watching it. I'm going to complain about it. No, that's the point. Um, the only thing that I'd like to see, and there's no, there's no nice way of saying this, because Jack Black is voicing Claptrap. I want him to have the same physical physique as Jack, uh, Black, uh, Jack Black. So, <laughs> bit, bit on the, um, bit on the bigger side, you know, with the giant beard. <laughs> I'd love to see that. It's not going to happen, but I'd love to see that Claptrap with the, with this massive beard and bit on the, the, the chunkier side, you know. He's dancing, dancing and singing away as Jack Black. That'd be hilarious. Um, yeah, the the movie. I'm a little concerned about the movie just because of what Hollywood likes to do to these fandoms. Um, and what I could, I could see it going either way, uh, like you said. But I think the most solid direction they could probably go would be to take what would be considered a player character but not one that was one of the choosable ones, right? Mm. So don't give us the the Necromancer. Don't give us Zero. Don't give us, you know, a Siren. Give us give us something different, somebody that does something different, but let us meet those other characters throughout the film and have your own unique story. And that way we get our fan service with our unique storyline because we all, those of us who play Borderlands, we play Borderlands 2. You've played that game six, seven, eight, nine times. You know this story like the back of your hand. Right. Mm. I don't need to see that story on screen. Give me something new in the Borderlands universe, but also let me meet these characters. The part that I'm concerned about is the adaptation of the writing, because there's a certain level of genius within that writing that is going to be very, very difficult for somebody other than the original writers to reproduce, especially in a script format where, you know, you'll be doing something early in the game. And you'll be interacting with either an NPC um, or another mainline character, right? And they'll say something, and it'll be something like arbitrary, like you'll want, you'll like set your your bottle of coke down, right? And then you'll look back, and the bottle will be gone, but there will be no mention of it. And then six hours later, you'll be like underneath a table with some guy who has a, a chainsaw for a leg and like a laser eye, and you've known him for the whole game, and he's saying stuff, and then suddenly he stops, and he's like, "Before we die, I just want to let you know I took your coke." 
and you're like, you <laughs> son of a <laughs> That was so like, and, you know, and then like they just hark back to like these random little things that are just arbitrary mm. and, and don't mean anything. And then they bring it in, they make it mean something and it adds to the mm. depth. And there's a genius to that, that I'm very concerned the writers of this movie are not going to hit on target. Yeah. So more of they're going to make it like peppered in with humor, but more serious. Yeah, like you, you, can't, you can't do Borderlands serious, can you? No, you just can't. No, I mean it's it's got it's got story beats where you know you either get beat up or someone gets hurt or you know a couple of characters get killed and that progresses it to a point where everyone's like, right, we're gonna do this now. We hate this guy now. You know, we're gonna mm. kick his teeth in. But it you've got to have humor. The whole thing revolves around humor, right? And like the genius of it is, is that the humor and the shenanigans and malarkey in that universe is a hundred percent serious. They don't mean to be making jokes. They are serious. We take it as jokes. And that's, that's the beauty of that. Right. And they need to nail that on target. Otherwise it's going to be another one of those times like, um, offhand, like transformers too, <laughs> right? Like everyone was just like, Oh, Oh, my brain melted a little bit. My brain cells are on strike. They've unionized. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Bay. Um, <laughs> you know, we were going to end up with like a, a fan, a, a completely disappointed fandom, and then mm. another series of people who see in the movie and think they're experts on it now, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you're I just wonder, like, I wonder whether they'll fall into the trap of going, oh, well, you know, these characters, like you say, they make these jokes, right? We take them as jokes, but they're being serious, right? So, oh, well, all we have to do is just have someone say, but Stanley in every 30 seconds, and it'll get a laugh out. Or, mm. or, and I, I'm getting this entirely from the notes that we have for the episode, because I haven't played the second one. Uh, Bona farts, right? Oh, we'll just yeah. we'll have Jack Black just go, ah, keep that, blah, 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 and that, that, that will be it. That That's the claptrap joke, you know what I mean? The, the farts storyline was an absolutely genius subplot that had nothing to do with the mainline story, but it made you want to do a, just a tedious, meaningless task for no reason. It was just a guy who wanted to classify skags or something like that. And they just, they weren't classified properly yet. So he wanted you to go out there, kill a bunch, collect their little body bits and stuff. Um, and then like study how they acted. And he wanted to classify them and give them a proper name. And like he keeps coming up with stuff like he's like, oh, this one's copywritten. Oh, this one's already been taken. Oh, this one. And then he gets gets mad and he's like, just call them boner farts. I don't care. Right. <laughs> and then, then, it, then at the end of it, he says the publisher actually likes boner farts. There's just no justice. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's, a, it's an absolutely brilliant storyline that, you know, if, if they if they tried to bring the boner farts joke in, which I 100% support, but they don't exit because if, if they were to bring that entire storyline into the movie, that storyline's almost a movie itself, right? <laughs> so th what they're going to do is they're going to rush it and put it through three or four minutes and you're going to be sitting there like, you know, you're expecting, you know, full size Snickers bar and you got a fun size one instead. And you're just like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah. it tasted the same, but it wasn't quite the same. And yeah. now I'm disappointed. Yeah, the, the, the other fear that I've always got with like any movie now, especially game adaptations, is the studios are going to try and give it the Marvel treatment. So let's make this 
a Borderlands universe. So we're going to have a movie concentrating on this person, the certain background, and then we could do another one and we'll have people peppered in that you don't know and then they can look at the background for it. No, just give us a movie. If it works, go for another one. Just see how it goes. But no, it, I'm just... I'm, I don't want movies to go down that route because it works for Marvel. They, they, they've got lightning in the bottle and they just keep going and it works, but... It's not going to work with Borderlands, I don't think. Mm. They should just have it as one movie, you know, tell a story and then go from there. I just, I really don't want it to, to go down that a universe thing. You know, if they gave us, if they gave us like a one mainline movie, and then we we had maybe like, like a series or even like a series of like short films where we could catch a backstory for things like Malawan or Jacobs. You know, or Hyperion, and just get background info on those companies. Kind of like a Borderlands Three does a really good job of giving you that background yeah. info, and really fills in a lot of gaps that you had questions for in Borderlands Two, because you experience a number of characters in there, and you're just like, I kind of want to know more about this guy, but they kind of brush past him like he's not important. And then you get the Borderlands Three, and it's like, oh, this guy is important here. Let us tell you why through two hours of missions. Mm. And I feel like they could do that. Like we could have like the mainline Borderlands movie where the, it stars the Vault Hunters, and then we could see like like an HBO Max series where they're just doing like uh, oh, sort of like they did with the show Gotham, right? Yeah, Gotham didn't really have much to do with superheroes at all, but it was a backstory that kind of filled in a bunch of gaps, and it was still quality. Mm. You know, I could see something like that. This summer, Borderland Vault Hunters. <laughs> sorry, let's try that again. This summer, Borderland Vault Hunters only available on Netflix. I can totally see what you mean, like a like a series that just explores the the side aspects of the characters that they bring up in the movie. Right, I, I can mm-hmm. totally see that. Or little little side stories like um, how Tiny Tina formed her her band of merry men with Brick and Mordecai in the third one. How did they become a band? You know, mm-hmm. um, oh, what was it called? You had um, I'm trying to remember the names that they had for each other now. Borderlands Three, the the little team they had, because you had you had um, a Jacobs guy who hired Tiny Tina to get someone out of prison, and you're told um, I'm not going to do the accent, but you're told just to be on the level, um, this character who I've hired, she's nuttier than squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm, I'm I don't think I'm quite there yet in that game. Oh, sorry. I'm on, no, spoilers, sorry. No, you're good. The game's been out long enough. It shouldn't be spoilers anymore. I'm just slacking. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, I I just got to Eden 6 today. Eden 6, Eden 6. Um, that's the... Is that the... Third world? Ma- third world. So you've done the Mallow one, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I just finished that. Where, like, you're like on like that moon thing. And then the entire... Oh, the jungle moon. Jungle moon. No, 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 no. You're, you're on this moon... Um, it's like maybe it's an asteroid. I don't know, but it's a big weapon system, and you do this whole series of missions, and it's these two major company guys just beef it yeah. back and forth, and then the end result is you take over this planet destructing weapon system, so you can blow the guys yacht up. 
And he's like, ha <laughs> Because it's it's basically one one group is trying to do a hostile takeover of another group and warp into manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And it's listen, just sign it. We'll, we'll we'll be business partners. You can have so much of it. And the guy's like, no. And it's okay, fair enough. You know that yogurt stand you like? Well, I'm gonna blow it up. And he's like, no, I used to take. It. And then it would there was um this oh you know that um. That amusement park, you like? I'm gonna blow it up. But any time it happens, you get the firing in three, two, one. The last one is firing in three bananas, two bananas, one bananas, <laughs> and you're in the middle of a firefight, laughing your butt off because <laughs> this this automated woman's going three bananas, two bananas, one banana. <laughs> and the thing is, like, you really, really think that because, like, he makes you take over this like pink drone ball, and it doesn't have guns. Yeah, the Reese ball. With the tap. Like, you really think that you're going to use this planet-sized weapon system to annihilate the company, right? Just annihilate the competition. He's like, no, we're taking out his yacht. <laughs> and the guy really spent like a solid four hours bragging about this yacht like Handsome Jack does with Butt Stallion. You just blow up because <laughs> yeah. you can. Yeah. And you're like, take that. And he's like, I've been defeated. No. He acts like his whole company crippled to the ground like... Because his yacht's been blown up. <laughs> Excellent. So then, okay, so let's talk about, because we're talking a lot about how how rich these characters are and their storylines mm-hmm. and their jokes and all that kind of stuff. So what are each of yours maybe top three characters throughout the games that you've played so far that you, mm. you know, who who's the best? Who has maybe, I don't know, maybe best means silliest one-liners or more, most realistic or the absolutely absurd missions, whatever your criteria is, do you have a top three of the characters? Good lord, that's a tough one. It is really hard. I'm definitely a yuppie. Claptrap is my number one favorite. <laughs> I have, I should have, I should have brought it up. I I have a four-year-old in my house, so I have a whole bunch of like my game stuff like hidden in the basement so he can't get it. But I have, it's like, it's gotta be 12, 13 inches tall. Uh, it's a claptrap statue, and when you remove the head, there's claptrap Yahtzee inside that you can play with your friends. That's awesome. <laughs> the merch is so brilliant because if you think about it, it's kind of what's going on in claptrap anyway, right? So <laughs> it, it's it's amazing. It, it, claptrap is like one of my absolute favorite characters. He is my favorite character. Um, I don't know, man. What do you pick for the top two there? Uh. Is is it playable characters you're after? Who was one at playable? Whatever, character? playable, non-playable, whoever. The three, the the top three best people in the universe of the Borderlands games, from your point of view. Ah, oh, and the names list. The guy, the guy you save right in the beginning of Borderlands Three. He's like the leader of a bandit group, and he's wearing his underwear, and they have him like crucified. Oh, um, yes. the guy who says apology push-ups. Yeah, um, I know you're on about. I, just, I can't remember his yeah. name. And he is so funny because he is just a homeless dude running around his skivvies, right? And he thinks he is the bomb and he is dead serious about it. Like he thinks he is the greatest thing to ever happen. And he is so funny. So funny. I just love his line where he just yells out of nowhere, blood feud. And yeah. you get no context. It's <laughs> blood feud. Just no context whatsoever. <laughs> you meet him and he's hanging upside down. He's like, "Hey, do you want to shoot me down? I've kind of got a blood a blood flow thing going. I can barely see you." And there's all the red hairs. You shoot him down. He's like, "Thanks for that." So, 
who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe the third best is Scooter, and that's only because he really catches you in Borderlands too. Like you, when you first meet him, and he's talking about Ellie. And then he's talking about how he wants to do adult things with Ellie. And then you find out that Ellie's his cousin. <laughs> and he's super serious about it, too. Like, then this is normal. Like, he's not embarrassed to talk about it at all. Like, this is normal conversation for this man. And he, you're just sitting there looking at your screen like. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really gross. And you're super comfortable. You're too comfortable talking about that with me. <laughs> <laughs> And that's um, got to that's got to be the third best character, I guess, in my opinion. Anyway, just because he catches you like that, and you're just like, oh, no, I'm fourth. Tiny Tina would be a third. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna go slightly left field here. Um, Ellie, I'm I'm not gonna give it a one to three. I'm just gonna say Ellie because of her dialogue in the third one, and with the free DLC you got for the second one before the third one came out. Um, she's just amazing. Uh, Moz, her lines in Borderlands 3, some of the lines she comes out with is just hilarious. She just completely goes, goes with the flow. And then, all right, who we're killing now? You know, that's that's our attitude. You know, what we're doing? Oh, that's great. Who we're killing now? You know, um, <laughs> and here's a controversial one. I'll say Ava from Borderlands 3 because people hate Ava. They just do. They hate her. And I, I can kind of see why they're expecting it to be like Tiny Tina, but she's not. Um, she's really normal. Yeah, that's the thing. She's yeah. an, she's the only normal person in the entire Borderlands. That's kind of what and, makes her great. Yeah. it's Because she's such a weirdo in that universe. She's, <laughs> we're sitting here like, I can relate to you, girl. Like, you're a little emo, you got a little bit of your diary, but I can relate to you. I understand your plights. And everyone's else like, she's so weird. <laughs> that and um, there's there's a, a series of quests with her, if you get the director's cut, where mm. you you investigate things for her podcast, which is called um, oh, Mysteriously. And... It's just like little crime bits. Yeah. And by the end of it, you actually stumble into paranormal activity and she's just completely flabbergasted. What? It's real? You're telling me it's real? I will give um, an honourable mention to... Is it Zoe? On the second planet you go to? The one who you got to get coffee for? Is she called Zoe? Green hair. She's got green hair. Yeah, I know. I know you're talking about in, the, in like the there's that whole whole story arc, and you have to rebuild like the machine at the coffee place because it's broken, and she can't survive without the coffee, and the war so, will be lost without the coffee. And uh, so before there was the the planet was being invaded, she was a barista, and then Reese, the head of one of the uh, weapon manufacturers, saw her vicious side because something happened where she was working. And she didn't get a coffee. And now she's the head of um, his armed forces. Because if you either restrict her coffee or cut it off completely, she's completely ruthless. So she went from a barista to being ahead of her, the armed forces. And she's just hilarious. Really, really is. I'm going to get a name. I can't, though. Oh. 
crap. Whilst you whilst you try to think of think of that character's name, I'll tell you the so because I've only really played the first one and the pre sequel, I think the best character for me is uh, I want to say he's called Talk. The guy in so uh, you may not have come come across this yet, uh, CJ, because you haven't played that much of the pre sequel. You get this guy who's like typical big muscly explosions guy. Like he quite literally, uh, the first time you meet him, he goes explosions. Yeah, talk. <laughs> and uh, there's this bit where um, he, this other character is talking to you via your intercom thing. And then he cuts in and goes, that sentence has too many syllables. Apologize. Yeah. <laughs> that's the DLC for the second one. Oh, yeah. is it the second one? Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's in the beginning bit. Tannis is talking, then he cuts in. Then she starts talking and he just says, that sense has too many syllables. Apologize. (laughs) I've seen that one. It is pretty good. That is solid. Um, I don't know why I thought his name was Talk. Uh, It's not, is it? Yeah, it's Talk. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, he's he's the mascot for the Talk Corporation and he sold it it for $26 and a high five. That's it. (laughs) I feel like like Moxie is is a top character too. Actually, if you're, she's you're, very underrated. She is, and like because they they set her up for you to have a very specific impression of her and what she mm. does. But throughout the games, she does none of it. She is like a bartender, and like there's three X's in her names, and she dr- definitely dresses like a lady of the night. You know, stereotypically, anyway. Uh, please don't pull the podcast down for that comment. Um, <laughs> you know, like there's like this very implied thing that she does she does none of it and i'm like she's like got to be in hiding she's got to be in like witness protection or something like there is a story behind this woman that Mm. we are just not getting maybe that's what they'll do for the movie (laughs) it's um she's she's very resourceful and she knows way too many people Mm. and she knows way too much stuff about like weaponry high explosives how to run an underdome um, how to run a casino, you know? It's just, how do you know this stuff? And you still flirt with damn near everyone, right? How? <laughs> right. And then you give off the the essence of like you're a madam, but you have no workers in mm. that line of work anywhere in this facility. <laughs> but you'll facilitate the boom if I need it. Like, yeah. <laughs> So like, who are you, lady? I think that, that honestly, that does make her like a really a top character because there's so much mystery behind that character. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. No, I I, I I tell you something, right? I've really enjoyed this discussion on Borderlands. I really have. Um, I, CJ, right? Before we, because because I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of sign off in a minute. So let's talk about. Uh, let's tell the people a little bit more about your podcast again and where they can get in touch with you. And then we'll do like a wrap up sign up, sign up sort of thing. So, oh uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not really in too many places. I don't have like a Facebook group or anything for that. Cause honestly, I really don't like Facebook. Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for recruiting guests and things like that, I, I wouldn't even use the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am on Twitter quite a bit at casually meta. Um, I do fun stuff on there, like pirate word of the day and like I'll like put up the definitions, explanations for different phrases and whatnot. And then I advertise when new episodes and whatnot goes up. Uh, and then I have a TikTok where we did the one chip challenge to promote the podcast. And in a couple of weeks, I'll be doing more with the TikTok itself. 
Uh, but I have to like get like a like a corner studio and stuff set up for that. Uh, like lights and things. I have, like, mm. uh, I'm going to do like pirate fact of the day on TikTok and then keep pirate word of the day to Twitter. But that's both at at casually meta, and then um, we're we're everywhere on Apple, Spotify, all of them, <laughs> all mm. of them uh, except Pandora. I'm not on Pandora yet because you have to be up for a month uh, sure. for that. Um, but yeah, it's at anchor.fm slash casually meta. Cool, cool. Well, what I'll do is I get I'll get all of those links together and put those in the show notes. So, if you are listening, you've gotten this far because it was a wonderful conversation. Definitely check out the Casually Meta podcast. Like I said, I'm a fan, so it is definitely it gets the thumbs up from me, whatever that's worth. Um, but it's definitely uh, <laughs> worth checking out. My goodness, it is loads of fun. Thanks, I appreciate that, and uh, thanks for yeah, having me come out here, guys. This was a blast today. Yeah, my goodness, I had a, I had a real blast. Thanks for being on the show and bearing with us, CJ. You know, it can be sometimes be a bit uh, a bit a, a bit of a, a trek and a bit of a, a, a problem to get connected with us two, just because I'm a bit of a wally. But um, you know, thank you for bearing with us and thank you for being on the show. And and yeah, we'll have to. I mean, if you're interested, we'll have to see if we can get you back on again another time. Talk about another series oh, yeah. of games. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come back. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, tangents. Um, the tangents get people coming back. That's what we that's do. What we, we didn't really manage to do that properly this time. I mean, we did a few when we went from um, GameCube controllers into etiquette and, uh, <laughs> and 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 wearing your best least stained T-shirt to the ribs place. But <laughs> it's life advice. It's not tangents. It's Absolutely, life advice. yeah, yeah. Waffle and Taylor's life advice. <laughs> But yes, uh, thanks for being on the show, CJ. I had a real blast. And uh, and thank you all for listening to another episode of the Waffling Tailors. So if you want to learn more about us, our website is wafflingtailors.rocks. Mm. There's a page on there for every episode of the show. There's the blog posts from when we used to write blog posts. There's even a page uh, called Those Games We Played, where we list every single game that we mention on the website and where you can find where we mention it, how we mention it, all that kind of thing. Uh, have a look through it. That. yeah yeah it's all completely automated that i do very little um and that page is built for us um by the website so that's pretty cool uh, i put the effort into building that but yeah have a look see if your favorite games are on there and click there and see what we said about them um but yeah check that out we're on all the places where you can find us that's really badly put uh, you can find us all over the web just by putting waffling tailors into your search engine of choice we're on twitter we're on facebook i'm not a huge fan of facebook like cj but we're on there we've got youtube we've got twitch we will be starting that back up soon we're just waiting for uh, the last parts of my office slash basement to be finished and then i'll be back up on on twitch doing some things um but yeah thank you ever so much everyone for listening um i'm just going to mention that oh yeah, yeah, yeah i'm just going to mention that Geo is as a go at me for mentioning Resident Evil. I wasn't the one that brought it up this time. Damn near every episode we do, Resident Evil's mentioned, and he always has a go at me. So it's, you always bring up Resident Evil, you. He brought it up first. Oh, he brought it up, <laughs> mentioning the movie. And he, he prompted me to bring it up. So it's his fault, not mine. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, you will be. <laughs> oh, gosh. But yes, thanks for listening in. If you're new to the show, consider subscribing. It's completely free. You know, the word subscribe has this connotation of money changing hands with podcasts. It's absolutely free. You just have to look for us in your podcatcher. But anyway, I've digressed way too much. Thank you for being on the show, CJ. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's awesome and having you on. 
It really was, CJ. It really was. Uh, and and Squidge, thank you for joining me on my waffle into video games and stuff like that. Mm. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time too, Squidge. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You're waffling to games. I thought we were ghosts. What the hell are you That's doing? It. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for listening, folks. Bye. Bye. Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details.